Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It's the Boxing Day Bonanza. I hate the word Bonanza. Why have I opened with that? Who knows? But on the other end of the line, as per usual, is we wish you a Merry Watson and a Happy New Jim. <laughs> Hello. I am back again and uh, getting all ready for Christmas now. There's only a couple more days till the big man comes. And no, I aren't the big man coming down your chimney. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this Saturday, Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are nothing to, to a racing fan. Boxing Day is where you need to be. And I certainly, for one, will not be moved from my couch due to all the lovely racing that we will be seeing on Saturday. And I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's, it's, there's going to be some good stuff, isn't there? There's going to be some good stuff. And we'll start with the 145 at Wolverhampton, the play fall to win at Betway Handicap. It's a class six over one mile and one furlong. <laughs> lovely, lovely, seamless. Seamless. Uh, no, we won't. We won't, although uh, if anyone wants to have a bet on that, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a tricky race, I've just clicked on it. Yeah, not my sort of race. No, I don't want to diagnose anyone with a problem if if they're betting on on the first at Wolverhampton on Boxing Day when there's so much good national racing. Not even a gambling problem, just a problem in terms of, of taste. You know what I mean? Taste and decency. Uh, but no, we will start with the proper stuff and the big race. The really... The highlight of the mid-season is the 3 o'clock at Kempton, the Labrooks, King George, the sixth chase. Would you want to know off the top of your head what, what, which George it was for? Um, probably not, no, but I know my Roman numerals, so I'd know if I'm ready. Yeah, it's just the King George. Uh, but George the sixth, well done to you if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> The best prices, uh, two to one Clandis Albo, nine to four surname, eleven to two Santina, yes really, fifteen to two lost in translation, eighteen's real steel, twenty St Calvados, twenty five's waiting patiently, twenty eight's Frodon, and one hundred to one Black Op. Jim, look, there's not been not been a day on this podcast that lost in translation has ran and you've been against him. Surely this is when you have to you have to reassess the strategy though. No, we can, we carry oh. on going. Lost wins the King George. If he finds anything like he did in the Cheltenham Gold Cup last season, he will take some beating here. I'm not having that he didn't suit Kempton. He just wasn't right last season in the King George, and it was quite evident from about two furlongs, even a furlong in, that he wasn't himself. Um. His performance at Haydock, the ground, was clearly the issue. The connections had the problem that they thought he'd go on it, but he didn't in the end. It turned absolutely attritional. A good ground King George is probably perfect for him. He's got so much better form on good, better ground. Good to soft, good. If it's good, it's even better. I know that's probably not ideal for all jump national racing fans. That should be right up his street. If he reproduces any any of his either his Betfair Chase victory last year or his um, Gold Cup performance, fifteen to two, he's certainly underestimating. 
is it? Is it? I know Paul Taylor's a really good friend of the show, absolute top man. But I'm, 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 how can you have any confidence after Haydock? It was the ground. I'm 100% sure it was the ground. And I, I know he's, he's run well on soft before, but the only other times he's run on heavy ground, he was 6 of 6 at Haydock, and he was 7th of 9 in the Supreme. And they're the only two other times he's run on heavy ground, and he's disappointed. If you look at his times, uh, look at his um, form on good to soft, uh, he's never run on good, but that certainly won't worry me. But good to soft and soft, his best form's on that. And going into the King George, if it's good ground, I think it'd be very hard to to, to beat. I, I, I don't get how you can trust him, mate. And that, I that's not trust him. But that that's you're playing with if buts and maybes there, to me. And look, I, I have no doubt about when I say you're taking it on trust. I don't mean that lost in translation is an untrustworthy horse in terms of there being anything wrong with his attitude or mentality. But two of his last three runs have been so far below par. You know, and I, I know, I, I know, you know, the one in between that, admittedly, would see him go very, very close here. But I'm just not quite as certain as you that, you know, it was gone. And, and we know now, there are ways to get him beat, you know. I'm... I'm, I'm not the... Uh, he, he's a horse who is a little bit in limbo for me at the minute, lost in translation. God, I hope he runs well. I really hope he runs well, because he, he's a joy to watch when he's on song. But surely it's somewhat of a leap of faith to assume he'll be, he'll be in top form again here. Because everything in Haydock, bar in the ground, you know, the vibes were good. You know, it's we both thought he'd win that. Questionable. It's... I mean, it's turning a corner at the minute. Team Tizard, it's still not great. It's, it's better than before, though. Mr Malarkey winning, uh, Premium Access winning. There's a few winners popping up. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll have you on that. It's, it's, got, it's going the right way. It's going the right way. Of the others then, bro, I guess we'll start at the top, the two Nichols horses. Clan Desobo and Surname. Personally, I think the winner comes from one of these. And I'm finding it very hard to split them. If I had to push you, which way would you lean? You'd have to, you'd have to lean towards Clan Desobo, wouldn't you? Um, won this race two years in a row, looking to make it a third. Um, his performance last year was arguably uh, most impressive, but that was sort of overshadowed by the disappointing performance of Lost and surname maybe not looking the same after running against Altior. Um the thing with Clandisobo is that this is his race isn't it Kempton three miles is his ideal scenario my worry for this is going to be the ground because he his worst form early on or not worse but he's not had as many good performances on good, good goodish ground and if it stays as it is that's a major worry for me 
I can see that. I I think I'm fractionally as well leaning towards Fandes Oboe. I, I I feel like he's his Betfair chase second was slightly superior to surnames uh, winning the Charlie Hall. Potentially, it's 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 clearly one of those two who has had the best recent one. I could accept a case for either of them, to be fair. So the recent form is fine. And look, he's, the two best performances of, of his career have come in this race. Like you said, it kind of fell apart around him last last season. But I I think he's proven that away from Cheltenham, he's a genuinely top-class chase. You know, he was very good when he won the Denman. The Gold Cup of 2019... I felt like he shaped like arguably the best horse in that race. Yeah. Before being found out for a non-stayer. That's mm-hmm. why I'm, I'm I'm slightly leaning his way. But surname's scary when he gets it right. And he could run the heart out of these. And we know now as well, definite strong stayer at three miles nowadays. Clearly a better prep than he had last year. You know, Harry Cobden sounds quite bullish. He's a huge danger. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. It, as much as I, maybe me and you have slightly slagged off surname saying that he wants these certain conditions, this certain course. Last time at Weatherby, he showed a different angle to him that um, I didn't think we'd see. And I, I thought it was a, a very, very good performance to, to win the Charlie Hall. I know the race isn't necessarily as strong. Will he be able to notch it with top class horses in, in this division I'm not entirely sure but he is a massive danger due to the fact that he is such a, a beast in a certain set of circumstances yeah exactly and uh, he's more he's clearly more versatile than we had him uh, pegged down for in uh, before when we were discussing the Charlie Hall neither of us were particularly keen on him I I I buy that he left his King George at Ascot last season. And it worries me with a better preparation what he could do. I think the race is between the pair of them. I struggle to see anything other than Clanders Obo or Surname winning this, to be fair. Santini just shouldn't suit Kempton. Shouldn't be quick enough. It, especially if the ground's good. If anything that he needs, he'd, he'd probably need heavy ground. Um, we saw him run in the Corto Star in 2018 and he looked absolutely all at sea one pace just kept plodding and last time that probably emphasised it even more in the many clouds due to the fact that there was uh, the last three fences were omitted um, and he was just plodding along and, and, and kept going by Jerry McGrath it's an interesting decision that they decided to go for this um, Henderson could have possibly ran champ in this um, but he, well, they're talking about a uh, hurdles campaign with Champ, which is a bit ludicrous to me, but um, there's a Cotswold in January that he could run in, um, which would have been an option for Santini, which might have forced his hand to play him here. Maybe he didn't want to run them both against each other. Um, but these circumstances certainly won't suit Santini. We know he's a slow boat. We know that... Um, that good ground will not necessarily be in his favour. Um, do I think he's got a chance? No. Do I think 11-2 is a ridiculously short price? Yes. 
Yeah, of those of bigger prices, Jim, can you see any making the frame? Um, I won't quite rule out, rule out waiting patiently. Um, we last saw him running the Tingle Creek, and he was three quarters of a length, well, call it a length behind Deffy Desoy and Ernest Saw. So that was a really good performance. I know that was over two miles, but and the year before we saw him unseated in the King George, and he's a horse that we don't see very often, but. I, I think that if he's right, which he normally is fairly up to scratch on his, on his seasonal reappearance, he'll run a really, really good race. Um, we haven't seen him an awful lot since the 2018 King George. We've seen him three times, and I know he's not won any of them, but he's bumped into surname at Ascot in arguably his conditions. We've seen him bump into Min at Aintree, when Min was absolutely breathless. Uh, breathtaking, sorry, breathless. Um that was Goshen the other week. And uh, Deffy Desai in that Tingle Creek, which absolutely flew home at the finish over a distance that I didn't think would suit him. And back up to the three mile, I think he'll run a really good race. I, I think he's, he'll be, in my head, he'll might sneak third. Um, third or fourth. I, I can see him, I can see him being there towards the end. Um, Frodon's a horse that you never really know what what he's got, and he saves his best for Cheltenham. Kempton form, he does have a win in the Sylvan Yarko Conti, which is a positive in in his most recent time. Um, do I think he's up to the quality of these lot? No, but do I think there's a bit of value in 28s? Given the fact that Santini's more than likely not going to be suited, uh, which surname's going to turn up? Will Lost in Translation be the same? That could open up a bit of twenty-eight to one value for Frodon and waiting patiently at twenty-fives. That maybe there's a there's a slight each-way angle uh, towards them because there's a lot of if buts and maybe's between uh, the second, third, and fourth in the market. Maybe that might throw it open for for a bigger price each way. I agree what you said about waiting patiently. I'd also throw in real steel on that. I was disappointed with the way he jumped to Ascot. I just thought he he just hit a few too many and he doesn't often do that and maybe um, maybe he's, now he's joined Nichols maybe they were just trying to learn a bit more about him and I'm for sure they will have certainly improved his jumping but I was just a bit unsure about the way he jumped last night. No, I can I, I can have that but I, I do think he's better than his shoulder Ascot travelled like a a horse who was you know still improving really in the Gold Cup enjoyed a good campaign last year. 18 to 1 each way. This should suit him right down to the ground, this sort of test. Uh, still only 7. I, I could see him going fairly well at 18 to 1. You know, he'd complete my three. I'd rather be with him and wait impatiently than lost in translation and Centini at the prices. Fair enough. Moving away from the King George, Jim, over the same course and distance. 70 minutes earlier for the novices is the Corto star. Novice chasing the best prices. 2-1 to one, Shan Blue. 11-4 to four, the big breakaway. 4-1 to one, if the cap fits. 7's Enrillo. 14's one for the team. 16's Kaluki and 50-1 to one, Golan Fortune. Interesting little races, Jim. Where are you leaning at the minute? Um, it's a difficult race to sort of, for me to sort of get a grasp on at the minute because I think there's value there to be had in others. But you can't. You certainly think there's a bit of value in two to one with Sham Blue. 
Um, he's done absolutely nothing wrong since going over fences. He's completely improved twenty pounds. Well, not twenty pounds, maybe ten pounds upon his uh, hurdles rating. But last time his victory uh, at uh, Weatherby over three miles beating Snow Leopardess, that form since been boosted by uh, your tip star selection winning at Hay Dot Lou. Um, hey. <laughs> had to get a mention in that. Um, so, Snow Leopardess has since done quite a bit for that form, winning a valuable handicap. Um, Shambu beat Snow Leopardess by a fair enough margin. Two to one looks like a good price, and it looks like a point and shoot almost. That's that's the next logical opportunity. But then you chuck in the big breakaway, who was such an impressive winner first time out. Step down in trip at Exeter and was found for speed, as we some of us may have expected. Um, I mentioned the Tizard horses are slowly getting together now, and you certainly think three miles will be more up his street. Kempton is a sharp track, which is a slight worry, but I think he'll be able to get away with, with the fact that they thought they'd step him down in trip. Um, it's not going to be that much. Uh, it's going to be more of a test than Exeter last time, but um, sort of. The conditions will probably equal themselves out over time. I think they'll go a fair enough gallop in this race as well. I think there's a lot of speed on. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the big breakaway was favoured favored in this way. Um, 11 to 4 is on the skinny side for the big breakaway for me. But I, I think he's a horse that I'd be willing to give another chance to. Do you think Kempton will suit him? It's just a bit of a lolloper in there. Well, over hurdles, a two mile five wasn't really a problem, uh, and I know that was round at Newbury, uh, and it galloped, just galloped straight through. But he could have a bit of Santini syndrome, and I don't think he's as slow as Santini. Uh, no, me neither. Like we saw in this race, so I think it's positives and negatives. I'd, I I won't be surprised if the track. If he relished the three miles around Kempton, and I won't be disappointed if he just plodded along and, and couldn't get to Chambly. I, I see this as a very, very tricky one because I think, if I think a horse is likely to win this impressively, I think it's going to be the big breakaway. But I, I think there are more questions for him to answer, and Chambly is clearly more solid, in my opinion. You know, Taking a, to be fair, he wasn't a bad novice hurdler. You know, ran well in the Ballymore, second behind Shishkin in the Sydney Banks. I think he was third in the Leamington novice hurdle, that Mossy Fed one. And he took a step forward with every run. They've not been steps forward this season. They've been absolute leaps. And, and, and like you've said, you know, his victory over Snow Leopardess last time out was a tidy enough little novice chase. Even before that, at Weatherby, for early October... That was very, very strong. Yeah. He just doesn't look like he's been forced to come out of his comfort zone yet. And he'll probably be where I side. But I don't think it's the most attracting of betting propositions. Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't hugely surprise me if the big breakaway absolutely gagged up here. But mm. you can't have full confidence in a horse who is clearly takes a little bit of work takes a while to get going, clearly has bundles of natural ability, 
But as bold plan showed at Exeter last time, ways to get him beat. Yeah. Those are waging. If the cap fits was very, very good on his chasing debut at Foss last. Arguably fairly disappointing though when beaten at Atch long, long, long odds on by Pim next time out. Could you see him bouncing back here? Um, I don't personally think he will. If he if he finds anything uh, like he did at Foss last, you'd certainly have to chuck him into the equation. Three miles is, has been a question mark for if the cat fits for a while, and I know that two mile three, two mile four, and he's won over three mile one at Aintree. Maybe three miles around here he might be able to get away with, but in, in the future I'm not entirely sure three miles on a on a more galloping track would necessarily suit him. He's not a horse that I'm necessarily exciting because I'd quite, quite like to have seen Pim, uh, him get the better of Pim, and Pim's since not really done much for the farm in the rehearsal. Oh, I wouldn't be as sure about you. I, th- I think he's got a genuine chance here. Needs to jump a bit better. Yeah. Got away, got away with a few on his debut. Got away with a few. You know, he beat him further on the roof. And, and Emmy Tom also behind, does he? Yeah. Looks at, you know, that was such a tidy little female race. And on, on Hurdle's form, clearly the best of these is a hurdler. Obviously got more time to to achieve over Hurdle's. But you know, a grade one winner, and I don't, I don't buy for you that. I don't think that that he's a poor stayer at the trip. I don't think he's a a plodder, but I think a sharp sort of three might be what he wants. He's, he's a horse who I see as being two and a half to three, almost a bit like Oscar Whiskey. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if, if there was a graded race over two six, love that for him. Uh, <laughs> And Kempton, Kempton Freeze about as close as he'll get to that on a, on a galloping track. I think he's got a chance. I, I think he's got a chance at four to one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there was as much between him and Shamblu as the market suggests. Oh, I think they would. I, I think the market's got. I think the market's been slightly generous in favour of Shamblu. If if the cap fits was a slight bit bigger, maybe that might tempt me. Each way. Anything at a bigger price, Jim? One for the team. Keep out for his run because I think there might be a handicap in him somewhere, um, preferably yeah. at the Cheltenham Festival. You've just told my fund and my exact words were going to be one for the team Cheltenham Festival handicap shortlist. Yeah. Where would you go, Ultima? Yeah, probably makes the most makes the most sense if he runs half decent here. He'll, he might even handicap himself out of the Kim Muir. But yeah, Nick Williams, you've got a record in the Ultima, aren't they, with Kustar Civilo? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, looks like it makes sense. I think he's better than a 140 horse. Yeah, I do. Um, I thought he was unlucky. It was an unlucky fall um, at Newbury first time out. And I've, I thought he, he ran with a lot of credit behind Next Destination. Um, got the better of Kaluki that time. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Kaluki goes. In between the King George and the Corto Star, you'll get to see the Ladbrokes Christmas Hurdle. If you're not having stuffing with your turkey, you can watch a stuffing here. As Epiton should go back to back 
She's the best price 11 to 4 on to beat Silver Streak at 5s. 16's Ballyandy, 25's Floresa, 50 to 1 Diego de Charmy. Uh Should be simple. Should be, shouldn't it? Um, you'd expect to see uh, Silver Streak finish second as well. I don't know if there's any forecast uh, either. Silver Streak will probably run his, well, will run his race. Um, Epitont should just absolutely blitz these. She's the best in the division and you'd expect her to take all the beating. Improved again last time out to win the fighting fifth. I can't believe there were people almost doubting her. Ridiculously easy. Silver Streak is, in my opinion, the second best two mile hurdler in Britain though. Two to one, two point five, in fact, two and a half to one uh, for the Epiton Silver Streak forecast. It's not a bad price. No, it's not. I, I really, I'd, I'd be confident that if, if Epiton didn't turn up in a group one and Silver Streak did, he'd be winning it. Yeah. He probably deserves one, to be fair. I know, I know people might crab the uh, level of it, you know, his level. He's got an OR of 158, but. In my head, I think the consistency of the horse. He deserves, he deserves a crack at one. Absolute, absolute boil. And I, I, like I said before, the international, I don't think 33s each way was, a, was the silliest price available for him uh, for the champion hurdle. I'll just have a brief look at what he is now. I, I can't imagine uh, much will change on the basis of this. You know, is, uh, oh, is he, is, yeah, he's still about similar. Best price thirty three to one uh, to place in the champion hurdle. I think there are sillier thirty three to one shots for the championship races away from you know away from Epiton. There's not much depth. Abercadabras and Sotwa, whilst they're both clearly very very talented, haven't have you know their only form at the top level is against each other. Yeah, you know there's no corresponding form lines, uh, and it only takes one of them to flop. And you can you can see you can see Abercadabras maybe not quite getting up the hill and Silver Streak staying on. Uh, so that's that's the way I'd say playing this. If you've not backed him already, Silver Streak each way thirty three to one for the champion hurdle isn't a poor price. Anything else for you at Kempton on the Saturday, Jim? Some really nice handicaps, a decent novice hurdle to open the card as well. Yeah, like you said, it's it's always that that novice hurdle. I always find it a pretty decent race, and third time lucky versus Flickervoy should certainly uh, sort of fulfil that. And uh, Gol Sacre Go has got a bit of a reputation from France, and onto victory um, was a decent flat horse. We saw last win the November handicap, and uh, should be interesting in this. Severance was a a 91 rated horse on the flat as well so I'm looking forward to seeing that um, nothing I'm particularly strong on um, but that Kempton card looks tasty yeah I, I do think third time Lucky's probably the right favourite there you know just got done by a brilliant ride from Harry Bannister uh, for, for pleasure but a third time Lucky actually picked up really really well and, and did well I think to close the gap as much as he did the former that's that race for an early season, uh, for an early season, novice hurdle wasn't awful. Jungle Junction ran well on his uh, over fences behind Captain Guinness. Uh, next time out, also on the card. Do you know what? I've got a bit of one at eighteen to one in one of the handicaps. Go on, let's hear this then. 
I think William H. Bonney might be overpriced in the novice handicap. Interesting. Nice run last time. Yeah, he's knocking on a bit now. He's nine years old. You know, was a fairly decent hurdler back in his day. Ran on his chasing debut third in what I think is going to be a decent race. You know, Elusive Bell was a horse that Henderson's fought quite a lot of this time last year. Uh, and she was quite convincing in winning that from Heritage. Those behind them, I don't think were poor. You know, Zoffy had, had been running well earlier that season, winner at Exeter prior to finishing fourth, uh, three quarters of a length behind William H. Bonney there. Editor de Gite, we saw him almost run away with a, a decent little novice chase at Ascot last weekend. So William H. Bonney's chasing debut, I thought, was fine. He's here off one, two, five. 18 to 1 each way. In a race that I'm not sure where he's as strong as the one he finished third in on his debut. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be taking a Lucy Bell in this if you were in here. Yeah. Um, you'd, I think she's in at Wing Canton on Tuesday, I think. If I've, if I've read that right. I might not be. So a bit of an each way handicap swing there. I'd, I'd, I'd put up William H. Bonnet each way. In that uh, novice handicap chase. Yeah, and also Son, Son of Camas in that, making his novice uh, chase debut. He'll be interested in that. I know he was disappointing first time, but um, looking forward to seeing him over a fence. Yeah, yeah, he's not quite gone the right way, has he? Across the cards then, at Kempton, uh, across the cards at Kempton, that doesn't make sense. Across the cards from Kempton on Saturday, the 205 at Weatherby is the Roland Merrick. Good staying chase. We love getting stuck into this. And the best price is 4-1 Canelo. 6-1 Snow Leopardess. 13-2 Spirit of the Games. Is he allowed anywhere other than Cheltenham? 15-2 Springtown Lake. 8-1 Bow Bay. 9 the Dutchman. Same price Wandering Star. 11's Windsor Avenue. And 12-1 Good Old Guitar Pete. Where are you going here, pal? Well, it, it's the old boy that Spirit of the Games. Um, I say old boy. He's only an 8-year-old, but... He's quite clearly must have had something to have missed the Caspian Caviar because that race had him written all over it, didn't he? We, we normally see him in them Cheltenham 2 by 4 handicaps. Um, stepping up to three mile here, he's interesting. He, he, he pauses as if he'll stay three miles. It's interesting that this is the first time that he's going to be stepped up to it. Um, the Skeltons do really well at Weatherby uh, and Bridget Andrews goes to take the ride. Is top weight, but is the best horse in this race and... I think 13-2 to two is a fair enough price about it. The step up to three miles is a worry, but I think you can sort of get away with Not get away with it, but against less superior horses. Um, there's only really Snow Leopardess. She stays strongly on softish ground. Um, she's carrying a low weight and could be dangerous, but up uh, another £9 for a win last time. Maybe she's might slowly outrate herself she's up, up to her career high mark now um, which she she matched in Otoy once um, but I think I think Snow Leopardess might struggle in in a race like this I think there's a few more speedier horses than there was last time I thought it was more of a slog uh, last time out whereas I think this there's a bit more class with Canelo who we've seen um, jump 
really well on his uh, return at Aintree and ran with plenty of credit at Newbury last time. I, I just feel like there's some better horses in this than Snow Leopard S ran against last time. Yeah, quick turnaround for Canelo following his win on the early hours of Sunday morning. Uh, I'm looking down the market here and it takes a giving. But I retain the faith that Windsor Avenue is a better horse than 147. They've only dropped him a pound, haven't they? Yeah. But on his return at Carlisle, he should be winning this. You know, and look, he was was a big drifter on the day as well in the Caspian Caviar. Obviously ran no sort of race there. Clearly not the easiest horse to keep right. But I think he could still be fairly well handicapped. On the Carlisle run he is. He was a very good novice chaser last season. You know, obviously disappointed behind Sam Spinner. And then, you know, again, was was running no sort of race when he came down in the alt car. So, yeah, the record is, the record is patchy and, the, and there are things to prove. And it's a little bit like... Uh, I'm using my reasoning here for a point as to why I was against your point for loss in translation. But the difference here is I think Windsor Avenue's an alright price up and could still be well handicapped at 147. If this was off level weights and he was 5-1, I'd be like, oh no, maybe not. But I'm not mad sure about those at the, at the top of the betting as well. There's nothing there that interests me particularly. Canelo's Done well this season. Didn't convince on his only only attempt at a trip this far though. But he's up to a career high mark. Snow Leopardess is up nine for her win, which is probably fair because she would have won by a lot further if she didn't make a horrific mistake down the back. Again though, rated higher than she was over hurdles. I like I like the mare. You know, I really do like the mare, and I'd probably have her over the favourite. But I'm not convinced she's particularly well treated. Spirit of the Games in Springtown Lake and Bow and Bow Bay. All suspect stayers. Yeah. The Dutchman, yeah, fair enough, was fine last time out in a veterans chase. You know, back to form. Nice to see him uh, retaining ability. But again, he's one four five, a little bit of a stiff mark for a horse who was, you know, whose best form in two and a half years came in. Really, what was quite a weak veterans chase. So that that kind of leaves me inclined to have to try and have a look for one at a bigger price, and I'm going to land on Windsor Avenue. It might well be a last chance saloon for him here, but I think eleven to one's more than fair. He's giving him one more roll of the dice. Yeah, I, I I think that's a very very fair way to put it. Fair enough. Island Jim. Uh, no real point going deep into the night. Frank Zana, he is a 6-4 on favourite. Think he should get the job done the second the second five Saints, Sam. He absolutely bullied last time out of Fairy House. Expect to see more of the same here. But there is a grade one, the racing post novice Chase Felix Deji, 7-4-5, to beat Blackbow and Darwin Star at 7-2. Eight's Franco Deport, nine's embittered and 40-1. Ben Rubin. Tidy little race this, Jim. How taken have you been by Felix Deji so far in his chasing career? 
Well, I know you're a massive fan of him. But that was going to be my my thing with you. What do you think, Felix Deji? Is second best behind uh, Shishkin. Yeah, I do. Because I think I I agree. I, I was watching Baki's uh, win last time, beating Sizing Potsy, and uh, Sizing Potsy since come out and won the handicap chase at Fairy House, which fairly decisively in the end. But I thought he did a fair bit wrong at Punchestown and still managed to win, which was most impressive. Uh, his debut at Port Rashid. Uh, beating Port Rashid um, decisively. It was a bit of a schooling session, really, a bit of a nothing race. But he was made to work last time in that novice chase, and he he stayed on really strongly towards the end. Um, Darvistar reposes him here. Um, I don't quite see where Darvistar makes up nine lengths on him. Um, Maybe if Darvistar jumps slightly better, maybe he might get a bit closer. But to say there's a couple, well, seven to two, seven to four, you'd most certainly rather be with the seven to four of Felix Deji than the seven to two of Darvistar, and I think he'll take all the beating as well in this. Yeah, I don't. I'm su- I'm surprised he's not shorter, if I'm honest. Yeah, I I, I was expecting odds on. Maybe not quite that far, but I'd, I'd certainly have had him closer to even money in my book. Look, the case is obvious. Two out of two of offences so far. Beat two of these uh, last time out of Punchestown, sizing Potsy and Darvastar. Heard also a very, very good, you know, Joe Grade 2 winner as a novice. Finished fifth in the Supreme and he was only a, le- uh, a nose off for Kiru Dari in fourth. The form, uh, in fact, the form of his entry run stacks up really well. Aramon Rouge, Vifici, feet all in behind. He was a very, very decent hurdler. Spent a bit of time off with injury. But all the ability remains. I think he's generally jumped quite sound. And I'd, I'd be confident here that he'll get the job done. The joker in the pack is Black Bow. Remains a maiden over hurdles. Never quite uh, matched his smart bumper form. But on chasing debut, Jimmy, in a good race, albeit... Not quite the level of the grade to a Felix Deji one. Look like this will be his game. Yeah. Um, if you take the form, literally beat N2Cast by four and a half. N2Cast got beat by Sizing Potsy last time by six. And and, to, uh, and Sizing Potsy was a length and three quarters behind Felix Deji. So on proper form, um, Black Boy needs to improve again. But you certainly won't rule that out. Um more likely to be the second out of all these, in my opinion. I know that's boring, but I think the market's got it bang on right. Um, Darvistar was a good hurdler, but I'm I'm not. I I was more. I think we both were more upbeat about Darvistar's reappearance over fences. I thought that was quite good, but I was slightly disappointed by the way he jumped last time. And Blackboard jumped a lot better on his uh, first start over fences. I think the market's got this right, and I think it's a fairly simple task. Jim may well have done a potentially brilliant editing job there. Whether he's, or whether he's wanted to keep it in or not, I don't know. Of my mum ringing me and asking me to put some scampi in the oven and opening with the words, you're not doing the podcast, are you? <laughs> yes, That's I am. Blaming podcast every day. Yeah. Every day he's on the phone. You could have texted you know, she could have texted me. I could have, I could have just texted back saying, yeah, what do you want? 
no ring ring me and then and then when I said yeah I'm, I'm recording now she goes oh well it doesn't matter then you've already disrupted me you might as well say what you're going to say oh dear bless her what a woman uh, my final point on the racing post novice chase Jim is my idea of the Grand Annuals 9 to 1 here embittered be interesting to see what Marky gets put him up for the county hurdle last season you know where bloody bloody sat wah nabbed my forecast ruined it oh I was so heartbroken that would have been the best result of my career if not for a horse with about £30 up his sleeve uh, but I think Embiddled will go close at Cheltenham again this season his two seconds uh, on fences have come behind horses who I you know think quite a lot of obviously easy works no longer with us but there was depth to that uh, beginner's chase at Navin and then over the same course of distance I like Andy Dufresne. I still bang the Andy Dufresne drum a little bit. I thought him better look, look fairly decent up against him. Don't think he'll win this. But if he's given a nice mark for the Grand Annual, anything around 150, watch out for him. Yeah, I like that angle. I've never really thought of him yet, but he certainly couldn't rule him out. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a massive handicap chase as well. Uh, the 250 at Leopard I don't have time to delve deep into that, but that should be a good race. Probably Ireland's strongest two-mile chase on in terms of depth, bang up there uh, throughout the season. Jan Mack goes off top weight in there. Timoteo, seven-ton favourite for that. Papong, also prominent in the betting. Another grade one then, Jim, is the matchbook betting exchange for Heen Novice Chase, over two and a half miles. Lovely that for Heen's got a race named after him now. An 11 to 10 Fav Asterium for Longe to beat. Pencil full of lead at 4 to 1. Colreve 11 to 2. Janadil 13 to 2. And 14 to 1 for Assemble. Is this going to be another benefit of Willie Mullins? Yeah, you'd certainly think so. These two have met before, haven't they? Nays uh, uh, in a maiden hurdle where Asterium for Longe absolutely walloped Pencil full of lead. Uh, off the same mark, uh, off the same weight, sorry. Ten lengths they had to find. Pencil full of lead has quite clearly improved since uh, going over fences, and uh, you could understand why there could be people could think that he could reverse the tables here. But Asterian Falange made a very nice uh, chasing debut, um, was comfortable in the end, and jumped right occasionally. But I, I didn't think that uh, was necessarily that bad. We saw him do that at Cheltenham uh, in the Supreme. Uh, that's that's the only worry, but I, I think you'll be all right here. Uh, pencil full lead back down in trip. I'm slightly worried over two mile four. His best work we saw last time uh, in the Florida Pearl was over two mile seven, three miles. I think he's a three miler. I think he'll be able to get away with it, but I don't think he'll be able to beat Asterian for long. That's interesting, mate. I, I'm not sure how much I like this race. From a betting angle, I think Asterian Flange is a very, very good horse. He probably did well to finish fourth in the Supreme, given how strong that race was and how much he did wrong throughout it. Mm. Obviously, all, all of his own fault. <laughs> but there's some engine in that animal. Some engine. And I don't mind the RCB into second that day as well, conflated, who's since gone in. An absolutely spanked opposites attract and the big get uh, and the big getaway. 
at Navin. He'd have been one for the novice handicap if it still existed. Uh, fuming. Maybe the plate. Who knows? She's clearly the horse with the most ability. Comes with a little bit of this attacks. Jump well generally in the main at Punchestown, although made a horrific error two out. His jumping seemed to get worse under pressure and without a lead. That could be a minor issue. He should get the job done. But I really like Pencil for a legend. Yeah. Of, for me, he's up there with Protectorate in terms of horses who've taken the biggest jumps forward for a fence this season. Mm-hmm. Not far off a stone better. A stone better. Probably more than a stone better. As a chaser. You know, maybe even £20. I think, I think he's fallen. Stacking up really well. Coco Beach is a good horse of Gordon Elliott to be beat on chasing debut. And look, the, the Florida Pearl was a strong renewal. Latest exhibition, caught made, all right, run wild Fred. Probably hasn't done it over fences as with the likes. He's one who's certainly not been as good over fences as he was over hurdles. Seven lengths there, the, the winning margin from Pencil for the latest exhibition, and it should have been further, really, if they'd have ridden him out properly. I can see what you mean about the drop back in trip, though. And that's why I was looking at this and I was thinking, is the 20 to 1 each way for Pencil Full of Lead? Not a bad price for the place seems to chase all monkfish in the RSA. It's, look not at the ones a, it's not a bad price, is it? Look at the ones ahead of him. Monkfish is a general, you know, best price 3 to 1 fav, right? The big breakaway second fav at 12s. Then you're looking at Envoy Allen, who's not going to come here. And then it's latest exhibition, who he. Did convincingly last time out. I'm not sure whether that was latest exhibition at his best. But I, I don't see any obvious reason why it wouldn't have been. Energiamine as well, also 16s. Then you got Pencil Full at a best price of 20s. I could have that. Yeah. I, th- I, 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 I think, think that's a bit generous. I think, yeah, I think he's generous. I think the ground beat latest exhibition last time. I think the water in one heavy again. That's, that's the only excuse I could possibly come up with. But in, in, even in basic forms, if you're going to look at the uh, at the lengths given to Brayside, who ran in both of their beginning chases, it was done by five and a half by pencil full of lead. And I will have to do maths to work out how far a steering full on is beating. Probably around 24, 25, uh, just glancing at the figures. So that's probably the difference in terms of what, what they achieved on chasing debut. St- pencil full of lead took another step forward next time out. It's not a betting proposition for me at the minute. Maybe it might be if a steering phone drifts a little bit. I think he should win. Even though he's a sort of horse who, there'll be circumstances where I'll want to take a steering phone, John. Definitely. Right-handed track will suit him, though. Limerick's a right-handed track, isn't it? So, But they won't run him left-handed, though, surely, now? Where would you go, though? The main races, grade ones, are left-handed tracks. So you, you, you've got no choice, really, have you? Take him to Punchestown, Fairy House, Powers Gold Cup rather than Marsh. Yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. You, you keep him in Ireland. Yeah, that, that, that'd be what I'd be doing. Yeah. You've got no option to. No, sensible. Anything on Cole Reevee, Janadil or Assemble? Um. Janadil was impressive first time out. Beat Longhouse Poet. The form's taken a few knocks since. Um, Cole Reevey uh, was 
fifth behind Constantista last season, but then we we saw her make a, a pretty seamless novice chase uh, begin to her career. Uh, race was a bit mare, but she's a horse that you're looking at for the mare's chase at Cheltenham. Um, I won't. I, I won't. I don't think people will be disappointed from the uh, performance in this. I think she'll. I think she'll beat Pencil Full of Lead, uh, especially getting the weight allowance. Yeah, no, I'd, I can have that. Probably, I, I was really impressed by Colin Evie on her chasing debut. Uh, I think I think that was quite a good race. I, I mentioned Papong earlier, who's bang up there in the market for the big handicap on the same day. But I say I, I don't think the big dog or that see a poor horses either. You know, they're probably mid one thirties type types. Maybe she could be one for the mare's chase. If, I mean, to me, that that'd be what I'd be doing with her. Yeah, that I'd aim her at that. Anything else then, Jim, on Boxing Day for you? Um, you've, you've thrown a curveball at me. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, Boxing Day. There's there's uh, John BB's running at Weatherby uh, in in the one twenty eight. I think he'll take all the beating. Um, he's he was pretty impressive last time at Weatherby, uh, beating Shahali and Munro, who is a turf top twelve to follow. Stayed on really strongly, um, jumped better than uh, normal, and and won fairly comfortably. He's in on uh, Boxing Day Weatherby in the handicap chase. He's five to two favourite. It's a nice little race, but I think uh, the step up in weight will certainly be no worry to him. Fair shouts, Jim. One of my six to follow I've put up at the start of the season for Cheltenham Talk is running in the Potemps qualifier at Wincanton. Southfield Harvest has Lorcan Williams dropped up. 7-2 Fav up against Shang Tang, who really did him quite convincingly. Uh, last time out, he was giving Shang Tang £3, but I felt he was probably value for that. Uh, it's a £6 swing here, Shang Tang's. Uh, now off level weights with him, but Lorcan takes a free off. So really, it's a six pound swing. Those two are the top two in the in the betting for that race. I'd probably actually be with the Laval horse. I'd have liked to have seen Southfield Harvest chasing this season again. It's not a poor card at Wincanton, to be fair. They've got a a decent mare's novice chase with Mamella and Kilana running in it. That's a tidy enough little affair. Uh, but really, there's no, nothing else massively. Obviously, you'd be loving to look at a you know, the bumpers and the maiden hurdles. You've got Micromanage, who was a really decent flat horse, making his hurdles debut for Willie Mullins in the opener at Leopardstown. That should be a, that should be quite good if he's anywhere near as decent as he was on the flat. Joseph's also got Palm Beach uh, running at Limerick as well, who is a typical uh, ex-Ballydoyle. Now, sorry, not ex-Ballydoyle, ex-Coolmore, sorry. Ex-Coolmore, now JP type, uh, who is going to turn into a juvenile hurdler. That should be a good laugh. Dio Kerr and Tower Bridge also running a decent little race at Lemerick all the hurdles. Look, there's so much to go at, really, mate. So, are you going to put up anything interesting for your RTR Napcom? Um, We're going to play it fairly simple. Uh, Nap's going to be lost. It has to be. Uh, I think he's got a tremendous chance. The next best will come at Limerick uh, and will be asked here. Uh, sorry, not at Limerick, at Leopardstown. 
uh, in the Racing Post Novice Chase, and it will be Felix Deji. And the reserve will come in the Corto star, and we'll go Shamblu. I've changed my mind. I, I, I was sitting on the fence, but Shamblu should win. Fair enough, mate. My nap will probably be Felix Deji. I'll go for in the Racing Post Novice Chase. He'd, he'd probably be my, my idea of the Arkle winner, without Shishkin, if I'm honest. I generally think he's a horse I, I rate as a little bit better than most people do. In my ceiling of ability, the opposite of, you know, vindication. <laughs> I mean, and that's that, that not slagging off vindication, but every, every, you know, I'm always baffled when everyone seems to think vindication's a great one, also, and he goes off favourites with a Charlie Hall, a good Charlie Hall. Not quite seen it with him yet. Uh, but I do, I, I do feel like Felix still doesn't quite get the credit he deserves. He should have been favourite to beat Darvistar last time out. And I still think he's a decent price to do the double over him. Uh, I quite like Jim in the 240 at Weatherby. Mint Condition as my next best. Jenny Candish's horse has been a real improver this season. Winning twice at Bangor last, uh, and then finishing fourth in a decent race at Aintree, finishing behind Candlish. Lily Pinching back on board here, though, taking the five off. I think she's a really, really good jockey for a claim. Yeah, I agree. The, Lily Pinching, worth worth more than the five pounds. Uh, that means he comes off here off of one two two, uh, which is a pound less than he beat the uh, fairly consistent Chirico Vallis, who's had a good year. I know he flopped at Haydock at the weekend, but won at Fontwell and Bangor prior to finishing second to that one. Back off a lower mark then that he won that for pinching replacing Keelan Woods. That's not a jockey downgrade in my opinion, and pinching takes a five off. I think she's a really, uh, sorry, he's a really, really decent bet uh, on Boxing Day in the 240 at Weatherby. And uh, I'll have to have the one in the King George and I'll go for Candice O'Ball as my reserve. Look, it's, it's, not a confident, it's not a confident one, but I, I feel it would be wrong not to include the King George Yeah. Uh, in, in my three. Although I'd probably say. Epiton Silver's big forecast, a better bet. At a similar enough price. But that's not how that pop works, is it? <laughs> Thanks to everyone for tuning into this episode of Turf Talk. Hopefully we found you a few winners. If you've not listened to our Christmas special, the Jocked Off episode, please go and give it a please go and give it a listen. Tell us what you think of it. If you want to hear more of podcasts like that, we'll make more. Uh it's entirely up to you. Uh thanks to Watson for being with us. Putting Thank up some you good winners much. this year as well. Thank you very much for you as well, Lewis. It's, it's been a quite a successful year for you in a big field handicap. You tipped a few winners and hopefully the listeners go on. I took a bit of a, a while to warm up. I've had a bit of a mogul season. The further the season's gone, the better I've got. But, yeah, happy Christmas to you, Lewis. I hope you have a, a, a nice one and, uh, well, locked at home and happy new year. I thank you, mate. We might be back before the new year. Depend, depends on what's going on. To be fair, it's busy enough for us both. But we'll see what we'll see what we can fit in. Uh, hope, hope you've enjoyed listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Merry Christmas. See you, see you soon. Stay safe. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm.